Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. A diagnosis of late-stage cancer changed Sally's career trajectory from a professor of education to a whole food plant-based educator and yoga instructor. Please click like to help be green with Amy. Welcome, Sally Lipsky. Greetings and welcome, Sally. Hello, Amy. It's a <laughs> pleasure to see you, to be with you. I'm so happy that you're here and there's a lot of people that are coming on to watch you or will be watching later if they can't do it now. And they're very excited. There's been quite a buzz about you. And I hope that the ones that are here live will have a chance to at least uh, click in the comments and say hi. Okay. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're here today because Sally's going to uh, talk about her story of how she healed from cancer and and how she adopted a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And it's just such a, a compelling story and you're going to find a lot of motivation. And I'm hoping that people that are watching and listening are going to share this with other people and may find some hope and at least learn something. Right. Yeah. So what happened when you were first diagnosed? How did that come about? I tell... Well, everybody, I tell women especially, it was a month after a clean bill of health from my gynecologist. A month later, I was diagnosed with late stage ovarian cancer. And I thought I was a healthy middle-aged female. It was shocking to me. How could, you know. Um, so it was. It, it's Most people get up when they've learn how they have cancer. It is very shocking, but the fact that it was so close to my um, annual visit and the fact that I thought I was doing everything right. I was exercising. I was eating lean proteins, the chickens, the turkey, fish, lots of dairy because of the you know, calcium, low fat dairy. So I went ahead, I had um, surgery immediately, followed by the standard rounds of chemotherapy over the months. And about six months later, I was officially diagnosed, it came across that no evidence of disease. So I was in a remission stage. And the scary part, of course, I was elated, but the scary part is that the type of ovarian cancer I had is often um, doesn't respond long term to chemotherapy. It's resistant. And I was told usually within 24 months, it will return. So you can imagine you know, the anxiety that that produced with every blood test, every scan, every visit to my oncologist. And I just happened to read in the local paper a article that was about with um, David Sherman Schreiber, Anti-Cancer, New Way of Life. And in that article, he talked about the relationship between food and cancer, food and disease. And really, that is 
I was startled to hear that because I really never um, put the two together that what I was eating could be spurring this cancer. So that started my journal journey into looking because I just needed to research. I needed to do more and, and find out more and more I read and went to comfort, the more you have to know. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh my, if I am going to have some control over my cancer, I need to start, I want to, to go on a plant-based diet. And that's what I did. So, and it's been 14 years and I've had it without my, any kind of recurrence. So that my mission is, hey, we've got to tell people. I like to tell you that I had to dig for this information and other people shouldn't have to dig. And so I do what I can. I, I teach, I educate, I, I wrote a book about it to share with other people. So um, that's where I've been over the course of the last, oh, well, I, I see about 10 years. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad that you talk, you know, because sometimes people think, oh, if I just adopt this plant-based lifestyle, then everything will be fine and I'll be healed and I don't have to do anything conventionally, you know, with oh. conventional medicine. And that's that's not always the answer. So I'm glad that you, you're sharing that with us, that, that uh, you know, even if you could go back in time and you knew about this, you probably still would have oh, decided yes. to, to go with the conventional treatment. Because oh, yes. I, I would never step. just tell any conventional because the cancer had already started spreading. It was in my abdomen and in my colon. So you, um, yes, I was, I was so fortunate. I had a good doctor, good medical center, and the, the results were very good. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, uh, I mean, we, we can go and have our, especially for women, we can have our different annual exams and so forth. And and then, you know, for the uh, the rest of the, the 12 months until you go again, you know, if you get that good bill of health, then you're not even really thinking about it. And this is really something that people need to think about every day and not in a worrisome way, but yeah. in a proactive way. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. The power that we have over because what we're doing is when we are eating plants we are really turning the we're changing the internal environment in our body at the cellular level and that's just huge you know it's profound what we can do to prevent but also to fight and even reverse some some cancers and some other chronic diseases very powerful yeah, and I think about how I mean I I I I have your book and I, and we're going to be talking about this book that you wrote Beyond Cancer. We'll begin to talk about that later, but I related to how you used to eat because that was how I used to eat. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I I tried not to to have too many sweets or junk food, and I tried to go with things that I read about that were were touted to be healthy foods. 
And and I think that there are some, I think most people know, okay? They know that certain things are healthy and certain things are not. They may not think about the animal products as not being healthy. But I think what I'm trying to get at is in the back of everybody's mind, they're realizing that food can be healthy or not healthy, right? But but yet when we, we try to talk about this approach to to adopt this whole food plant-based lifestyle, somehow there may there seems to be a disconnect sometimes and they're not seeing that the food can be even you know helpful for you and then maybe they should consider that too but that's something that people just have to be in the right place i guess in order to to hear that message you know i mean here i i had i had dairy and yogurt and things like that because of the bones right and did, oh, did, yes. did, right you did too right oh yes oh yeah yeah we don't want osteoporosis they you know, all the, the physicians are saying you need that calcium is how you get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's so many people that know about that. And maybe they could just take that and say, well, if if this is supposed to be good for me and I'm trying to eat these things because it's good for me, maybe I need to open up my mind and think maybe there are other things that are good for me. And maybe there's more research that has been done more recently since they've been touting these products for the animal products for people that maybe we should consider. <laughs> yes, yes. And it does because as I say, the healthcare providers don't expect it to come there from them from because they don't have that training. They don't have the mind frame. They're they're dealing with disease. And the media, we know mass media, wow, every day it's something, you know, They'll have the the seven best things for and for dealing with the inflation or our inflammation, I should say. So it's um, it really is up to us at the grassroots level to empower ourselves and to spread the word. Yes, exactly. And you you were a teacher, right? Yes, I was. Yes, that's my background education. I was a professor of education um, at a university nearby. And so I have that, yes, educator mindset. And that's, you know, um, it helped me when it came to how can we inform others, but inform them in a way that is practical and that will work for them. Because if it's some vague or some complex or something that they can't put into practice, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. There's enough uphill <laughs> battles that we have what, being a whole food plant-based eater that um, it really helps to streamline, get to the basics and, become part of your daily habit that way. Yeah, absolutely. So how, so you discovered this plant-based lifestyle because you just happened to read this article. Yes. And then, I mean, did it, what, what went through your mind when you were reading it this went article? Through the mind talk about the article a little bit more too. Yeah. David Shervin Schreiber, he um, was actually, working at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. So that was one thing. And he was doing, um, he and his colleague were doing experiments on the brain and 
one day, one of the subjects, they were doing scans and then one of the subjects didn't show up. So he said to his colleague, well, let me, let me go in and do this scan on mine. And as lo and behold, there was a tumor. His colleague found like a walnut sized tumor in his brain. And so he, I believe he has a PhD and had a PhD in MD. He has passed away, but he started to explore. He's a native of France, went and looked at the lifestyle. So the multifaceted lifestyle factors, but with a really focus on the cancer. So when I read that article, it was like, oh, I've got to get this book, which I did immediately. And the book, it was just, it opened my eyes. It really did open my eyes and sparked in me the sense of it was something that came to me at the right time in the right place. And I just needed to learn more. And that's mm. where it went. Then you start going into the China study and you go into, you know, all the big, you know, physicians committee, responsible medicine. Then you go to this, you know, conference and um, this immersion. And it was, as, as I um, have said, the more I learned, the more it became so impactful. And I'll tell you what, to, to the, it just didn't impact me physically. It was that psychological, that really emotional and thinking of, I can have some control over this, some empowerment over this. It's, it's almost like an insurance. You don't know when you need it, but you're glad you have done this, you know, if something, if a, a disease comes up. Because we're never, we, you know, disease happens even when you're plant-based, but you look at what is the signs, what are the odds, what are my, you know, overall longevity and well-being, and this lifestyle always comes out top. Yeah. I would imagine having this diagnosis I mean, it's not just that you had the diagnosis and you had to go through the different treatments and, and, and procedures, but then the, the knowing what the possible negative outcome would be, even though you did all these medical procedures and so forth, and the stress and the worry that must have haunted you for a very long time. Yeah, both my daughters were home at the, they were teenagers. And so you think of that, you know, I want to do it, but I want to certainly do it with, go through treatment, go through, with grace and intelligence. And, and you, th um, you know, you have these, let me make it to my daughter's graduation. Let me make, you know, you, you, you're, yes, certainly you, I was fully aware of what the statistics says as far as my five year survival rate. And so I was, um, it's just always with you. When you're going through that first phrase, you're always thinking about that. Every little twinge, every little, you know, um, paint something, what's happening. And I would imagine though, when you ran across this article and later the book, that somehow you, you maybe it struck you that maybe you had something, some power, some kind of control yes. over, over your destiny. And in all that 
anxious feelings and all the unknown and the uncertainty to have some kind of a roadmap and something to, to hold on to that made sense. Yes. Is that how you felt about it? Yes. I like that word you used road roadmap. It was, yes, it was a direction that I was going and I've never looked back. I've certainly never regretted it. And, um, it's become, it is a lifestyle, as we say, it has become such a central part of me, is this lifestyle. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and I've made, I've made not only that, but I think of the people I've met, the friends, uh, you know, the, the people in plant-based locally in plant-based Pittsburgh, but also such as you, Amy, and people um, worldwide, basically, that have that same passion the same um it's a combination of the heart and the mind and the action that towards repair you know healthy bodies healthy planet mm -hmm. it all works together and and getting back to to your diagnosis i mean statistically they i, I imagine they told you here are the procedures and here's what you, what we're going to do but they, they really didn't give you a very good guarantee or a Well, they, the doctors never said, you know, unless you ask, never said. Yeah. But then you read and you go in and you see that, oh, this is, yeah. Um, when the, I think it was my husband, he was the one, the social worker told him, you know, probably 24 months it was going to come back. And, you know, he was like, whoa. You know, that's, that's very scary thought about that. Um, but it, it really, as I said, it worked in my favor to get to the point of ev no evidence of disease and being able to build on that into a healthful lifestyle, healthful um, trajectory. So you had the you had your your family the your children and still living at home. So here you are, okay, everybody. I found this lifestyle and this is what I'm doing. So yeah. did you did you ask them to do it along with you? I mean, how what was my that older daughter? Um, well, when I was diagnosed, she was a senior in high school, so she went to college. Okay, she's out of the scene when we're. Um, my younger daughter actually was more, she had adopted a vegetarian life. So it was not, she's full vegan now. So that was not a stretch. Well, so she had adopted a vegetarian lifestyle and you were, you were supporting her at home with this? Yeah. We, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was, okay. you know, on believe me. Yeah. You don't try to sway teenagers. No, because they yeah. just go completely. <laughs> The opposite way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my husband, you know, he was on and off. He's, yeah, he's not, um, he's not tr truly whole food plant-based, but, yeah. I just, I shrug. Maybe sometime, you know. He's, yeah, but this is important that you're sharing this, right? Because- there are people out there that they want to adopt this lifestyle and they may have other people that they're living with that are not interested. 
Yeah. And sometimes they use that as an excuse. Well, you know, I can't do this, especially if they're the principal cook in the home. You know, I can't do this because nobody else is on board. And and that's not so, right? Oh, absolutely. You have to, as I said, you have to own it. This is you. This You're doing it for you. Okay. We know we can't control the others. You can lead by example, but we can't control, um, you know, my husband and I knows that I will not cook anything. You know, of course he doesn't cook either, but <laughs> I you know I don't, I always say I don't like to cook. I assemble more and cook. I, I do really basic. Um, but yeah, you, you are start with what's going to be it's your health, your well being, And, um, so do it. You can still make changes and you will have an impact. I've had an impact on friends, on you just don't know um, over the long term. And find support. If, if your immediate people aren't there, find your tribe, as I say. Find your go to the plant peer communities and look up a pod or in a meetup. Because that is key. Most of the people who become vegan lifestyle that in any given year um approximately 14 percent stop it revert back to animal food and the main reason is that they feel isolated they feel out of touch with socially with their family with their friends with their colleagues and so that that's a really strong pull you back in family traditions because there is a lot to be said about how food and the food that we grow up with, so much is it part of who we are, our religion, ethnicity, um, social connections. You think of that, all these things that really intermingle as far as our lifestyle and who we associate with. Well, now that we're talking about this lifestyle, I think it would be a good time to play our game of true and false. Okay. It's time for true or false on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay. I just want to let everybody know that if you type in the word false, the YouTube and Facebook, they may think that you're saying false about something that you didn't mean to say false about. So if you can try T or F, that would probably be better. That's what I'm finding out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so yes, T or F. So our first question is T or F, sugar is the biggest fuel for the growth of cancer cells. T or F. And Green Warriors, type in your guess, and then Sally is going to answer the question. Go ahead, Sally. The answer is false. It is because we hear that so much sugar, 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 everyone's stupid. It's the animal proteins. See, yeah. isn't that something? There's a lot, lot to learn about that. And, oh, I think, yep, we had somebody that is on the ball here, Adlin, Oregon. <laughs> Very good. Very All good. Right. Good <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's, it's so, yeah, this is something yeah. that, that a lot of people, there is a misconception about that. Now, that's not to say that sugar is good for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. It's not a health, but, you know, um, 
I, I remember Dr. John McDougall one time saying, if you want to sprinkle some sugar on your oatmeal, just so to get you to eat the oatmeal, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Stay away from the bacon and the sausage and the eggs. And said, wow. <laughs> so that was a good one. I like that one. All right. Let's try this one. T or F, food can turn on and turn off your genetic switch. So T or F. Okay. Sally? True. Yes. So we can have a predisposition to different types of cancer, to diabetes, to autoimmune. But what we, like I said earlier, you're changing your body at the cellular level. So what we eat can turn that predisposition into full-blown disease or just keep it into non-disease. Yeah, very good. Oh, let's see what our students said. <laughs> we have Adeline said T, and Olga said T, and Anne said T. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's the next question, Green Warriors. T or F, the most important environmental risk factor for cancer is diet. T or F. Hmm. Okay, Sally. Yes. We always think about the pollutants in the air, the water, which are not good, believe me. <laughs> you know, outside environment makes a difference. Yeah. And the plastic bottle. But if you are, what is the crucial, the number one difference? It's the environment in what you're inside, which is your diet, the foods that you eat, but even more importantly, the foods that you, the minerals, vitamins, all those things that you're absorbing. And what's leaving you fiber. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. That's important too. A lot of people are, are not aware of the fiber. Okay. Here, T or F, less than 3% of Americans get adequate fiber. Hmm. Less than 3%. What do you think, Green Warriors, T or F? Okay, Sally? True. True. Isn't this something? Um, yes, even the minimal amount of fiber, less than 3% of Americans. And I read one study where they did looked at 14-year-old boys. They're averaging zero fiber in a day. It's There's no fiber in animal foods. Yes. So it is fiber is where we're, you know, all this microbiome um, stuff that's in, that we're reading about and hearing about, it is the fiber. Yes. So as I said, you want to absorb the good parts and just eliminate the more toxic elements. Yeah. Isn't that something I think, and that, and that brings us to that question that so many people will ask people like us who have adopted this plant-based lifestyle and of course and and we're she, sally's nodding her head because she's telepathic right she knows that of course people always ask us you want to say it together where, where do you get, get your, your protein, protein? <laughs> <laughs> right and but it's never a question about fiber no. We, and we, I, we, we pour, okay, where do you get your fiber from? 
Yes. Even more important than protein. Where do you get your fiber? You know, that kind of backfired on me one day because I said that to someone and, and she said Metamucil. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a source about a food source, but yeah. Right. I should have, I should have, uh, clarified that what from what uh, food source do you get it not from <laughs> from where but I think that a lot of people feel that way that okay if I need fiber I'll just put this chalky stuff in a glass and mix it up and there yeah. I go which yeah. it does it does, doesn't make really make sense okay and then our last TRF so type in TRF green warriors calcium from cow's milk is better absorbed in the body than is calcium from plants T or F. All right. They're typing in their answers and go ahead, Sally. Cow's milk? No. No. Cow's milk, the calcium from animal calcium is very highly acidic. And so actually there's, if you look on the longitudinal studies, there's more fractures they come from a high consumption of cow's milk and cow's milk is this casein this protein that is very it's highly it's um inflammatory and it's related to that type of hormonal cancers breast cancer ovarian cancer prostate cancer so um it can promote cancer development. So you want to just go where it's absorbed the best. Um, Dr. Clapper one time said, I, I heard him say that osteoporosis is a life, a condition of lifestyle. And so you look at it that way, that weight bearing exercises, there can, some things that you can do. And as opposed, and in addition to the natural, um, as we age, how our bones get thinner, but it is really, you want to get your calcium from the beans, the greens, um, the seeds. Yeah. And, and pretty much, I think that if some, that, that they're finding that if you have muscle, a good amount of muscle on your body, and that's an indication that your bones are getting enough stress on uh. them to to form. Because I, I think about how, you know, I should be, my, my physician should be asking me to be checked for osteoporosis because I am petite and thin. And not once has she mentioned that to me, which which I thought was, and I think, I think it might be because, you know, that I have some muscle on my body and that she probably thinks that it's not necessary. Cause I was, I was curious why I haven't asked her. Cause then I, I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> Cause I don't think now, I, need it. <laughs> I haven't gotten they every year. They say it's, you need to get your scan for your, yeah. I'm not taking, I'm not taking the, right. the medicine. So yeah. But did your physician know that you're a plant-based eater? Yes. Yes, she does. And every once in a while she'll, she'll, bring it up to me, you know, that maybe I might consider certain things, you know, adding on. She's, she supports a lot of it, but she's not all in. There's still some things that she thinks that as long as it's a certain, certain kind of, uh, you know, elite, elite kind of uh, animal product that it's, that it's good. Yeah. 
So, you know, but, and like we were talking about earlier, a lot of these physicians, and I would say most of them, right, they really haven't had very much education in the way of nutrition. So we really can't fault them for not giving us the best information. Yeah, I think it's four hours of basic looking at is the, yeah, most, yeah, they don't have the information. Right. Yeah, but they do have, they sure do know a lot about pharmaceuticals and procedures and tests. And I really admire them because there's, a, and, and then of course, just in general about the, the anatomy and, and, and things, things like that. So I definitely appreciate them for oh, those yes. things. And there, there's a lot we of We need them. We need them. Yes. yes. They've accumulated a lot of information, but you know, until, until they've seen this and maybe that, maybe we can kind of circle back now that we're talking about that because I mean, here you, you had the diagnosis, right. And then you went and did the conventional treatment, which, you know, we're telling people that that's probably a good thing to consider. But then of course, after that, you were beating the statistics, right? Right. And so what happened? I mean, did you still have the same physician when you decided to adopt the lifestyle and now you were coming back each time oh, with yeah. those good oh, results? Yeah. So what, what was that interaction like? Um, they, they knew how I was eating. They were, you know, I gave both the surgeon and the nurse practitioner copies of my book. I meant because I'm very appreciative. They wrote it in my in their notes. I see it in there. Um, so they were there's they were certainly supportive in the sense they didn't try to to convince me otherwise. Yeah, but it's not part of certainly the standard treatment. Um, I would hope when I was going getting chemotherapy, you'd get it. It was like an all day. It was hours long. And they said they would give you a free lunch. And the lunch was on white hamburger buns. You could have the processed turkey or roast beef with a slice of the American cheese and a bag of chips or um, cookies. And you know, something to drink, either soda, or juice, and those were the constants. Some days you get a piece of fresh fruit. But you think about, wow, this is stuff now that I know, this process. It's actually a World Health Organization that rates it as a carcinogen, a uh, type of, of carcinogen, the processed meat. So yeah, um, that's something that a lot of people are not, especially the physicians and, and yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are not a class one carcinogen, which is in the same category as asbestos. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and these are, these are processed meats. So these are, it's, it's not just bacon. It's the, all those. It's processed meats. meats. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, when, when I first learned about that, I just, I kept thinking about Lunchables and I just cringed. Yeah. Well, I think about what I serve my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And we we did know. Well, we knew what we knew at the time. Yes. And we did. And we tried to do what we thought was best for them in in promoting health. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And we, we, 
and that's all we can do is is uh, come from what we know, which is why I'm I'm so glad that you uh, that you wrote this book because it's uh, the book is it's not just about your story, no. but it's basically it's a it's a map. It's a map. <laughs> it's a, that's it's what map. I wanted. A how to try start here. Then go here and then this. And if you're in this situation, but also with um, something that, because I know how people actually learn. It's some process, some reflection, some try it out. And hi, Joyce, I see you on there. I just looked over the comments. Just <laughs> for Lord, did our plant-based Pittsburgh cooking demo on Saturday that was a spectacular success. So, um, oh, really? Yes. Yes. So, um, yes, you know, and as I like to say in my book, I didn't, I'm not a, a fond of cooking. I, so I came up with how can I do this? I know that complex carbohydrates are key, they're the foundation. So that's most became my step by step mindset of start with that complex carbohydrate. Add some other fruits and vegetables, colors, as we know, the synergy among the different colors with all the nutrients in them and then flavorings, flavor it. And it's just that right there has been so helpful for me as I have gone throughout the years. Um, it's sort of my formula for making it usable and practical to me. I'm glad that you talked about the cooking thing because... There, there are people, well, there's a lot of people that are, have not been in touch with their kitchen for a long time. And that's because of the access to the internet and the different restaurants and the delivery. And, and I mean, they, it just makes it, they have apps. I mean, it's just so simple just to touch a button there and then you can have food at your door or you can drive someplace and eat. And so I think a lot of people have been out of touch with their kitchen. And see, I kind of relate to you because I don't really like to cook either. No, really. <laughs> right. And uh, when when I when we my husband and I when we decided to adopt the lifestyle, he his what he said to me was, "I'll do it if it tastes good." And I was really worried because I didn't like to cook. <laughs> that puts the now, pressure. <laughs> now what am I going to do? And I I eventually kind of got nudged out of the kitchen, so I'm now the sous chef. Because, oh, because he really, he wanted it to work, but he, but I wasn't, this was back in 2012. I have to tell everybody, I mean, there wasn't a lot of support back then. Yeah. You're, you know, you really right. had to scour the bookstores and the internet and everything to see if you could find something. And still, people were still trying to feel their way around. Now there's just so much support. You know, you can find plenty of ways to make healthy food taste delicious. Yeah. But yeah. back then it, it, it was, and we, I also have to say we were SOS free, which is sugar oil and salt free. So that made it even more challenging. So, uh, yeah, but he, so I'm, I'm the sous chef, but, but the reason why I'm talking about it is that even if my husband didn't primarily cook, you know, I probably wouldn't have as, uh, complicated recipes and, 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 but I would still make it work. I know I know how to make food that I can eat and enjoy, right? It's just not necessarily gourmet every day, but I could I could do it. And even though I don't like to cook, right? And right. that's what you're saying that even if you don't like to cook, you can still make this work, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, there are so many shortcuts. So just, as I said, find what works what works for you. You know, I need just my basics. Oatmeal, give me some potatoes, give me some um, salsa. I love salsa and things, spices, curry, and some greens. And um, yeah, I and some, you know, even frozen. Well, I live in Pennsylvania, so... You really need to rely on frozen. But look at the price of produce has gone up so much. The fresh produce because of the weather conditions. I was reading about that in the paper. So it's another nudge towards always having frozen available. And um, yeah, the spices or sauce, whatever tastes for your palate, keep it, just keep it there. Just keep a supply. I go with even some of the frozen rice um, batch. We all know them will cook a lot. And then I use my freezer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hi, Angela. I yes. see you there. We I actually said, I do not cook, but I am able to eat an incredibly I know you are. diet. She's <laughs> going to be on our next, our next uh, broadcast. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And it's true, right? You just... You don't have to be so concerned about those things. Oh, <laughs> Angela said, Dr. Sally Lipsky's story is absolutely incredible. Hi, Dr. Sally. <laughs> Angela, it makes me when she say Dr. Sally. That's the, I, I know Angela from, we work with another organization that we did at Health and, um, and Peter Goldstein's always puts me as Dr. Sally Lipsky. Thank you. Uh, oh, Apple 369 said, yes, we love Angela. Oh. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. So we actually have some questions. Angie B wanted to know, okay. what do you eat in a day? Okay. I eat a lot. Let me just say, I always have food. Like right now, I'm in my office bedroom. You know, I always have food available. Okay. So I start with oatmeal. As I said, it's my go-to. I have bought 50 pounds of oatmeal at once because um, I just like it. It's a, it's that sweetness. It, it works well with my system. So I go oatmeal, and in the morning, I have it ready, half cup oatmeal, half cup water, some um, cinnamon, and I add some berries or some... Um, smoothie leftover i'll cook that and put the smoothie on top it will have coffee half soy milk half coffee and that gets me started and then a couple hours later maybe to i feel my blood sugar it's like oh i need something else i'll go with some bread some hearty grain bread piece of fruit to go with it and i like soup and and thick soups a lot I always usually try to keep some in the freezer if I don't. So for lunch, you know, I really, soups, you can just add so much and so much flavoring to soup with lots of vegetables, um, you know, various types of soup, mushroom, tomato, whatever. And then I'll snack in the afternoon, fresh, some fresh, um, some celery, Oh, I'm growing microgreens. This is my first winter with indoor, huge, big indoor. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that they're they're going. 
Which ones are you growing right now? Oh, I guess they and the pea shoots. Oh, um, and see, and I have dark chocolate every day. Did I not mention that? That's a must too. <laughs> I love dark chocolate. Okay, at least seventy percent. And for dinner, I love potatoes too. As long as I have potatoes that I can put toppings on or put them on salad, um, you know, um, maybe some pasta with with a marinara sauce, a spicy marinara sauce, and a salad. And then I usually have a snack in the night. As I said, I, I have something throughout. I have rice cakes or I have... Um, Usually, oh, oh, chocolate. I have these zucchini brownies. I make a double batch and always have some available. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're yep. so moist. And that, that answer really good enough. Enough, right? We get, we, we get to eat as much as we want until we're comfortably full. Uh, yeah, satiation. You have to. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's very yeah. important. Yeah. So Joe said, I'm 30 years old and have been recently have reached oh i've been recently adopted this lifestyle i go to the gym and then concern about protein how much protein should i get each day and what is the best source i think that's a really great question because a lot of the men are are concerned because they don't want to lose that muscle and maybe they even want to grow muscle so what would you tell him well joe first thing i'm going to say is if you haven't watched the game changers um <laughs> The movie about the vegan athletes, okay? It is really targeting, you're the profile, okay? It's it's targeting the testosterone group, that's the males. So um, I'm sure it's probably on Netflix or, you know, but Game Changers is a real powerful one. But think about this. The recommended daily allotment of protein is 36% of your body weight in grams of protein a little bit more than a third. Okay. So if the average female is 50 grams of protein a day, everyone, including vegans, I have a chart in my book that shows that what is the average for um, meat eaters? And what is the average for vegans? The vegans even get more than your minimal protein. T. Colin Campbell, when he says in the um, China study, when his all his years of researching nutrition, he said, if you're looking at the caloric intake to get the maximum, you want 80, about 80% 80 of your daily calories from complex carbohydrates. And what this means is, if you're looking at protein, legumes. Go with the lentils, the so many white beans, black beans, pinto beans, all those kind of beans, but go slowly. You don't want to overburden your <laughs> digestive system. Um, go with the grains. There is protein in grains. Who even knew broccoli has protein in it? So go with the grains because what are the complex carbohydrates going to do? They are going to give you the fuel to go to the gym and sustain it. And they're going to give you the fiber and go with the starchy vegetables, the zucchinis, the potatoes. Those are your foundation. That's your basic. And then you can add on to that. 
Right. And so I, I guess I, I, some people worry that they have to kind of calculate what their protein is and how would they figure that out? I mean, they, these are great suggestions for foods, but how much of it should they have? How would they know? Yeah. Yeah, you can if you're really going to be concerned, but you really, but you know, you're taking a lot of time and energy to try to micromanage everything. But if you're just starting, because you said, Joe, that you recently adopted, you, if you're concerned, you can look, they have um, counters. There's a, again, I put it in my book, but I don't even know my book, where you can go on and you can enter half cup oatmeal and they'll, and they will do the nutrients for the day there you can go that but it's amazing one this is why we we are over protein as a society animal protein so one uh, medium cheeseburger you're getting half for your average female half of the protein source that you need throughout the day and that's just to start you can imagine when you're adding on all this other animal proteins and you, the nutrient sources will come from the plant foods. Yeah, that's a good start. I think that that was a good suggestion that there are some apps and things that if you really were concerned yeah, you're really, in the beginning, just so that you could get an idea and maybe after a week of eating this way and plugging it in and saying, wow, I am getting enough protein. I didn't, yes. didn't realize it as long as they were eating the, the foods that you were talking about, including those in the diet. It's It's just amazing. Nature is just an amazing thing. It is. It really is. Yes. And a lot, of, I mentioned that, but also I forgot to mention seeds, like even some flax seeds that has, um, she has a lot of protein, but they also have those other omega-3s and flax is a lignin, which is a real powerful um, nutrient. So that's yeah. another source. Apple 3. 69 said plugging your foods into chrome meter for a few days could be helpful but truly if you're eating enough calories of whole plant foods then you're getting enough protein yeah 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 and olga said chrome meter app is the best so i've never i've never done that i've never even <laughs> plug, plugged in what i what i ate and i've been doing this since 2012 and i think that if i wasn't getting enough protein, I probably would have figured it out. My, my physician probably would have figured it out by now. <laughs> so, but at that, I think it, it would be interesting though, just to do it, just to see, you know, what, what it is. And, and you probably get other readings for different nutrients too, not just the macro nutrients like protein and so forth. Okay. Oh, uh, Jake wants to know, do you drink smoothies? If so, what do you put in a typical smoothie? Okay. I, let's talk about smoothies. Okay. So smoothies are a good way to get nutrients into your body, especially if you're not feeling well, or you want a, uh, a mixture. If you're going to look at the healthiest way, you want to basically chew your food and not drink it. Because you're going to think of all the, especially if you're concerned about weight you're going to be drinking your calories. It's best to chew. And plus the chewing, the enzymes that go with it. So um, if you're going to make a smoothie, my suggestion is to make a, a chunky smoothie. But I do. I, I, um, it's an easy way. I take my Vitamix and I put in like half kale or, or spinach and then add lots of different kinds of berries, add some 
flaxseed, add some, maybe a few different nuts in there. Um, let, and then I make a smoothie. I make a lot, but I divide it up so I can have part of that. Because I used to in the morning just put in some berries, get some, grab some arugula or something. But it's easier for me just cook my oatmeal in the, in the microwave and then put, you know, a half a cup or, or a cup of smoothie on top. And then I eat it that way. So that smoothie lasts me about four days, having said that. Yeah, I I think for me, I think that the the smoothie is it. I I I have it every day in the morning. That's how I start off my day, and it's my guarantee that if I'm out and about and running around, and maybe I only got to eat a potato because I was really busy for lunch or something, you know, that that if and I didn't get to eat everything that I really thought would be giving me the nutrients I needed, that at least I know I had that. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a nice thing to, yes, to sort of um, get you started. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Well, this was something that came up earlier. What does your doctor say to you about the plants? So, I mean, do you, do you see the doctor that, that treated you earlier still? or? Yeah. my prim It's interesting. My primary care physician was the most receptive. Um, internal, and she was very interested. She had my book in her office. She um, actually bought some to give to patients. She had. She was very receptive to this way um, of this eating, this lifestyle. Unfortunately, she retired in mm -hmm. May. I love, and so now I have somebody new who is younger and clueless, but um, don't worry, I'm working with this person. <laughs> I'll be getting them on board uh, <laughs> over time. <laughs> I, got, I have medical literature from the physicians. I keep it to hand out to doctors, physician committee, responsible medicine, the, the um, literature. So yes, it's, it's a work in progress as always. Okay, Jennifer wants to know what are good anti-cancer foods. Oh yes. Okay, greens. So if you want some type of green leafy vegetable, cruciferous vegetables, broccoli. You know something in that and that kale, really good. Go with berries. Berries are very anti-cancer. Mushrooms mushrooms, a variety of, you know, there's so many different types of mushrooms. Um, ginger has anti-cancer properties or nutrition, really nutritional flax, flax, ground flax seeds are very anti-cancer foods. Um, actually, many of the herbs, fresh or even dried, have anti, they're good anti-inflammatory, they um, boost the immune system. And so overall, they provide some good nutrients. Multicolor fruits and vegetables. Because if you're getting the colors, if you're getting the citrus fruits and the berries and, and the uh, oh, tomatoes, if cooked tomatoes with the lycopene in them. Um, you're getting all of that, they're working together. 
they are really maximizing the nutritional output and have that is really so helpful when it comes to all kinds of chronic disease. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was going to chime in because, of course, today we're talking a lot about cancer, but isn't it wonderful that the very same foods that, that help prevent cancer and also help, if you if you were diagnosed with it, help, help with that as well, also help with the other lifestyle diseases. Right. Yeah. So it's not a, one special diet for one thing and a special diet for something else. And that, that's just so wonderful. So you're just help, helping yourself out with in so many ways. Yeah. And I also was, I like the, how there's research that is showing that when people who are going through the different, uh, you know, chemotherapy or radiation, that, that if they include these helpful foods, plant-based foods in their diet, that it will help make the treatments more effective. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's a that's a good thing to keep in mind, so that even if uh, you had to go down that road, that 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 would help you along. And I guess it couldn't hurt, right? <laughs> no, it never hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hurt. Okay. So the um, you talked about, of course, how you you went through the different uh, surgery and procedures and so forth, and and that you beat the odds and su survived. But did you notice any other changes in your body or anything since adopting the lifestyle? Um, energy, yes. Even if I get tired, I need to just, you know, take a break, I bounce back, you know, better. so it really, it, it certainly improves energy and I really think that it also improved sort of, it, it has kept me sharp <laughs> with this way. And I don't know because I'm also working and thinking and everything like that, but I'm also reading. It helps, to, <laughs> you know, you're always looking at the research and doing what, how can you make it doing this and that. But, but I think it really mentally, you just feel clearer if that makes sense. And so, um, yes, that along with the eating and for me, it's the yoga has been real important as part of a lifestyle change. So, so that has also been the physical and mental part of that. Yeah. And, and I like to tell people for myself, since I adopted the lifestyle in 2012, I have, energy now, but I have more energy than I did then. So I'm aging and I'm supposed to be declining, right? And yeah, the same yeah. thing with my 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 mental acuity, you know, every, all of these things are supposed to be declining. And, yeah. and I have not seen that happen. So that's, I right. found that to be a benefit. And I'm glad you talked about lifestyle too, right? Because it is wonderful if, if you guys can if you haven't already tried the, the lifestyle and if you want, if you wanted to get uh, Sally's book beyond cancer, it, it doesn't just talk about her diagnosis and everything, but it's more of a roadmap of how you could do it. So I think it's a, and it's not, it's not a, a thick book. So it, but yeah. it is more of a workbook and you even have different, uh, you ask people to kind of journal in here too. So it really is. It's, it's a, 
just just like I would expect a teacher to do is just say, here's here's your workbook. Here's how you get through it. And and I think it would be helpful to even people who are newbies. But it's not just about eating this way. It, it is. A, and that's why we like to don't like to call it a diet. Right. We like to call it a lifestyle because there are other pillars of health. And you talked about that. You do yoga. Right. So there's did you want to talk about that? The other. Pillars I, of health? Yeah. Yoga is one of those things that I happened upon. Also, I was still going through, you know, just treatment. And it's like, oh, oh, I can feel stronger. But it also, it's not just the strength, the flexibility, but it also is reduces my anxiety, you know, because I tend to be anxious person, sensitive nervous system with what many doctors have said um, about me. And it does, it, it puts me in a state of, and I also meditate, I have to say, I do meditate every day with, um, to get me into a state of um, feeling that sense of ease. Yeah. So that and, has really helped. And so I'm, I just hooked and then I got my certification to teach and, and I'm, I'm just such an advocate. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all, all that with us today. I mean, it's just been a real pleasure to have you on the show, sharing your journey about how you uh, survived the cancer and how you've adopted the lifestyle and sharing some of the tips and tricks. And everybody, please click like for because we like to applaud at the end of things and we can't. So if you click like, that's just like you applauding. And because Sally really shared so much with us today and uh, we really appreciate that. So why don't you tell us about uh, what you do as far as how people, if they wanted to get in touch with you or sure. you share those things. Yeah. Go to plantbasedpittsburgh.com. That is the website and you can contact me. It has a contact that uh, I'll get your email. We um, do you're welcome, welcome to join any of Zoom events um, that we have. We have people, that's the, I was talking to Amy beforehand, and so that's the beauty of COVID when you went Zooming and you get people from all over. So you're welcome to, to subscribe to the newsletter, but look up, we have so many recipes because I know people are always interested in recipes. And we do, we're, a nonprofit, so we do community outreach too. But that's the way. If you have questions or things you want to ask me, you're not sure, just go to contact me through Plant Based Pittsburgh. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, Jesse T said, wonderful interview. Thank you for all you do, Amy and Sally. And Apple 369 said, thank you. And Angela said, be green with Amy. Continued great and glorious health to Sally. Lipsky. Yes, that's a wonderful wish. That's a wonderful thing to say. Yes, thank you thank so you, much Angela. for that. Yeah, thank that you, was everybody. beautiful. Well, Green Warriors, why don't you tell us what are you going to remember? Type it in the comments. What was your takeaway for today? Mm, and please stay tuned you. for a special announcement. I would like to thank Just Has Voice because she did the promos and she did the voiceovers and she does so much behind the scenes to help get the word out about the broadcast. 
and she's going to tell us who's coming up next. Fitness instructor Angela Faschetti resolved her osteoporosis and will demonstrate stability ball exercises on Wednesday, December 21st, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. And here we were talking about lifestyle and Angela is going to help us out with that. I hope you guys will all join us with that. And But, but I really want to thank most of all you guys, you green warriors that you keep tuning in and you like and you share and you make your comments. And it's just so helpful and uplifting to us because we want to get the message out. And Sally is here and she's here because of you. So, yeah. and, and as a thank you, if you want, I can send you five free recipes. You just go to my website, begreenwithamy.com, and then you put slash join, J-O-I-N, and I'll send you the five free recipes. So go ahead and take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze. That's a hug from me to you. And if you would like to join me and Sally as I say my tagline, you can type it in the comments with us. Are you ready, Sally? I'm ready. Okay. Until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, and be, be green. green. <laughs> Bye, Sally. Thank you so Bye, much. Bye, everyone. Bye, Good everyone. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with